Welcome to another episode of the CDW Life Nuggets Podcast with Pastor Cher B. Winkley, where the Word of God is the foundational truth that we believe and live. It's life for our spiritual and practical application. Tune in, hear the Word, and prepare to be empowered to manifest and maximize life. And now, a message from Pastor Cher D. Winkley. joining our CDW Life Nuggets podcast. I appreciate you for being a faithful listener and partner with the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you all are blessed at every podcast that you listen to and tune into. Uh, I know that your life has changed and challenged. I know that you're encouraged and empowered. Uh, All of those things necessary to make sure that we are an active and effective part of the kingdom of God. So I appreciate you, number one. I'm excited about, number two, uh, our time together at this moment doing this podcast. I have a guest on that I uh, honor and appreciate and love very dearly. And I thank God for the connection that uh, was given between he and I uh, through really just divine uh, connection. I appreciate uh, his time. I have Bishop R.C. Blake Jr. that is joining us for our podcast today. Um, he is uh, an empowerment speaker, is a pastor of New Home Family Worship Center, both in Louisiana and in Texas. Um, he's a preacher, a teacher, a conversationalist. He's a YouTuber, uh, he's an author, and uh, a great spiritual father and leader. And as we this week deal with pastoring during um, a pandemic, and we have several pastors, I, I think it's important for us to hear from men and women of God who have the heart of God. Uh, for the people of God. And so today we're going to be dealing with just the burden of a pastor and a leader during a pandemic. And I want you all to listen intently uh, to hear what that feels like. Because I think sometimes when we're sitting on the other side of um, the platform, if you will, we don't really know what a person is thinking and feeling and the heaviness. Um, and, and heaviness does not always mean something that's bad, but the heaviness and the weight if you will, of what a pastor and a leader um, has to experience during this time. And so I want you to listen intently and be prayerful about what you hear um, and get leadership and direction as to how you can support properly a pastor and a leader during this time. So Bishop Blake, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate your time. Well, I am honored uh, to be here and you know how much I, I love and appreciate and respect you, I think. Uh, sincerely and honestly, that you are uh, a leader for this generation and even generations to come. Uh, God is is molding and setting you up to um, really set the pace for uh, this new breed of leadership that's getting ready to emerge, or should I say is emerging. And I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you for having me today. Yes, sir. I love you and appreciate you, too. So I I want to get right into it because I know that, um, and you know, I've shared this with you. My father is a pastor. I support him and pastoral leadership as well. And I know the burden um, of pastors during this time. And I really want us to focus on during this podcast, podcast as I previously mentioned, the burden of a pastor for the people during this time. Um, there are a lot of facets uh, that this pandemic 
um, that we experienced during this pandemic. There are losses of jobs, which also could potentially mean losses for uh, finances where churches are concerned. We are losing people, uh, which is a burden within itself. Um, there's distance. And for a pastor who loves you know, his or her sheep, uh, that's not an easy thing. So I want to, the very first thing I want to hear from you um, is how has this been for you over the past, uh, what is it, it's been a month and a half, two months almost? Um, yeah, about a month and a half. About a yeah, month and oh a half. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, how has well, it been for you? Well, um, to be quite honest with you, this is um, this is new territory for me. Um, I've had to mm-hmm. intentionally, I've had to intentionally do a lot of uh, self work internally to maintain balance. Um, right. Because I've never had to uh, pastor my sheep without touching them, or for that mm-hmm. matter, without even seeing them. You know, uh, my sheep have never had to do. Christianity without the aid of their pastor directly. And so though I have um, some previous experience in terms of Hurricane Katrina, which I thought honestly was the worst thing that ever happened and probably the worst thing that could have ever happened until this has occurred, until Mm -hmm. this occurred. And so now I'm in a place where I'm like David, you know, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trusting God to restore my soul daily because it is, you know, the Holy Spirit said something to me the other day as I was uh, having a moment in the middle of um, being on the phone and trying to talk my people through grief and through hospitalizations and all sorts of other things. The Holy Spirit said to me that the leader must lead first and cry last. And that, I think that sums up where I am now. I'm in a position where uh, emotionally uh, I'm in the hands of God and I'm solely running on the grace that is on my life uh, to lead God's people through um, the most tragic and traumatizing thing I've personally ever experienced as a pastor. And, and, you know, I, um, it's, I completely understand um, what you're saying just in terms of um, leading in this type of uh, pandemic. You know, it's, it's one of those things where there, you have to make major adjustments, and a lot of the times uh, those adjustments are sort of, uh, it's like on-the-job training. You don't Absolutely. really know what's coming next. Uh, you're not quite for sure how long it's going to last. It's almost as if you want to wrap your arms around everybody, but everybody's so scattered. Um, And so whereas previously you're trying to make sure you touch everybody, it's hard, as you said, it's hard to do that um, when you're not in front of people. And and when when you're a pastor with a a heart of love for the sheep, you know, that can be very difficult. Um, So I I completely understand. What are some practical adjustments um, that you all have made aside from going online that has that has helped you if you will uh throughout trying to reach the sheep as you desire well you know the the first thing and i learned i really learned this 
through the Katrina experience 15 years ago, um, the first mm-hmm. thing I, I knew to do was that um, I knew that we had to stay in the ears and the eyes of the people by any means necessary. So right. the government said, um, okay, we need houses of worship to shut down. They were, they were, they were suggesting that we would at the time. And um, so we shut down and we immediately had a plan to um, have a schedule of services online that mm-hmm. people knew to tune into your church at this time, Facebook, on every social media platform, plus on the websites. Um, we do Sunday school by phone. Um, That's good. Maintain it. Yeah, we do Sunday school by phone. We are doing mm-hmm. meetings by phone. Maintaining all of my church members have my my cell phone. They don't right. call me because they know I'm not going to answer, but they text and I respond to their text messages. Maintaining that sense of connection. And I knew that we had to do that. I knew that, um, I also knew that um, the approach to the messages that would come across uh, digitally or social media or by way of the website or whatever mm-hmm. would have to be what I, I call, I termed this after Katrina actually, a psychotheological approach to scripture, where wow. as a pastoral leadership, we intentionally use the word of God to um, minister to the emotions of people in this time. So That's if you good. listen to us, you hear, if you listen to me, my brother, uh, Pastor McKay, Pastor Bolden, you'll hear us almost, it almost sounds like psychologist preaching. And we intentionally use the word of God to massage the emotions of the people so as to bring them back to a place of balance from from week to week, day to day. Uh, these are some of the things that uh, we're doing practically. Another thing I would suggest is that um, your people are going to have to have, many of your people, if you're pastoring, are going to have to have someone that... Um, that they trust, someone that they're familiar mm-hmm. with, that can be uh, a resource between them and the many uh, governmental resources that are out there. Because a lot of our people are afraid of right. those conversations. They don't understand the jargon. They don't necessarily trust the government. They're not necessarily going to research. And I think as, as churches, small, big, great, whatever you want to call it, uh, Pastors at this time should really generate, create teams of people that can do the research, have their fingers mm-hmm. on the pulse of, uh, of of the government, and and be able to communicate what's available and help help your people to walk through some of those uh, processes. Uh, these are some of the practical things. That's good. That's good. So. Um, Speaking to a leader or a pastor who um, has not, you know, practiced those, some of those practical things, even in terms of um, going on Facebook Live or on social media to 
uh, air their services, if you will. Um, how, how do you or what would you rather say to a pastor or a leader who may be fearful or who thinks that, you know, this is trying to keep the church down and I don't want to go on social media and, you know, so on and so forth. But but underneath all of that may be fearful about um, using those platforms to reach not only their people, but the people that are connected with their sheep. Uh, what advice would you give a leader who is in that position? Well, Jesus in in John chapter 21 um, somewhat irritates Peter. He keeps asking him, do you love me? And Peter say, yes, do you love me? Yes, do you love me? And then uh, Jesus culminates that thing by saying, well, if you really love me, Peter, feed my sheep. You're going to have to feed them when you're afraid. You're going to have to feed them when you feel like um, maybe you're you're inept. Um, And that is the mission of a leader of people in crisis or a leader of God's people in crisis. Mm -hmm. Our sole responsibility in this season is to feed the Lord's sheep. By any means necessary. Doesn't matter if right. you're afraid. Doesn't matter if you're uncomfortable. I've never sat in front of a camera before. It, those things don't matter. The last right. thing you want in a crisis is to go on record of having said nothing. The last right. thing as a leader you want in a crisis is to have another shepherd's voice feed and nurture your people through the crisis while you sit there in your insecurities or your fears or your outdated traditions. That's the last thing you want. That's the (laughs) last thing you want. Because there are many pastors who are sitting in their tradition, sitting in Mm -hmm. their insecurities, and don't realize that their their sheep are being transferred to another shepherd's fold during this crisis. The shepherds that step up to the plate and minister to the Lord's people by enemy. Well, maybe you're not comfortable with social media. Get on the phone. Have a conference call every Sunday. Right. Let your people hear your voice. The people cannot be as sheep without a shepherd during this time. And whatever it takes, you know, get the people with the biggest mouths, the people who know all of the, the people's phone numbers, call them mm-hmm. and tell them, tell the people, Pastor's going to be on the conference line this Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Or Pastor's going to try to do Facebook. Get the young folk together. They've been wanting right. to put it together for you. And just get on there. You don't have to be on there long. Get on there and speak faith and preach to your people, man. Talk to your people. Get 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 folk together that can get all of the digital means of, of giving uh, together. You'd be amazed that how many of your people are stacking up their tithes because they want to give it to their church, but they yeah, need to hear from yeah. their pastor. And and so I would say that beyond all of that, you know, your chief responsibility in a crisis as a shepherd is to feed the Lord's sheep. And you can't feed them if you're not talking to them. you got to talk to them. You, got to, you must put your voice in a place and on a platform that your people can access it. That's so that's so good. And and uh, a great segue into uh, what I want to talk about now, because, I, you know, Bishop, I firmly believe that a 
um, no matter the office, a, a bishop, an apostle, a pastor, an evangelist, but a mouthpiece of God is, is the way I couple them all. Um, that they we serve as priest and prophet at the same time, you know, where as priests that we carry the burdens of the people to God um, and or carry the sins of the people to God and we become an intercessor. But then we turn around as a prophet and speak back to the people what God would have for them to hear per our time with him. Um, and, you know, I think it's so important because if, as you said, if a shepherd does not spend time feeding the sheep during this time, then, you know, you leave the sheep lost um, looking for leadership and looking for a voice and looking for a sound and speaking a word because sheep are supposed to follow. Um, and it's so important for, you know, as you said, for shepherds to embody that responsibility so that people won't be led astray during this um, chaotic time. Um, but in lieu of that, how would you encourage those who may not fully understand that responsibility? You know, the layman, um, the sheep, if you will, that that don't really know the importance of I don't need to, you know, for a church hopper. Uh, and I'm sorry for those of you that are listening to the podcast that may that may do this comfortably, <laughs> but for a church hopper, times like these are 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 good times because you can go from this live to that live to this live to this person to that person to this person because every two seconds somebody's going live on social media. Um, but Absolutely. what would you say to the sheep um, about understanding the shepherd's heart and how you can support? your pastor and your leader in this time. Um, then talking to pastors, there are things that we can do, but I think that there are also things that, that sheep need to be aware of for um, the responsibility and how they can support. So um, help us with that, Bishop. Well, what I would say to uh, the sheep um, is that, um, you know, people have a tendency to make their their life's personal situation, their total worldview. In other words, everything in the mm -hmm, world is about mm -hmm. what's happening in my house and my address. And so we transfer that same selfish perspective in psychology to our dealings with our shepherds. We feel mm -hmm. like my problems are the only problems my pastor has to deal with. Well, here's the right. here's the reality. Here's here's the real deal for your pastor during this season. The reality is that your pastor wakes up every morning afraid to look at his phone because he does not know who died last night. He does not yeah. he does not want to hear any more bad news. He does not know who who went on a vent ventilator. He doesn't know how many messages he's going to have to. Uh, call because we're in the hospital room and we're having to make a decision. And the reality for your pastor in, in this season is that he is, he or she is stretched to their, beyond their emotional limits. They are functioning purely on the grace of God at this time. Mm -hmm. The reality for your pastor, if he happens to be the pastor of a church that's been as impacted as mine, um, I mean, I think we have more than 20 that have died. And wow. so now the reality is that your pastor has to 
expose himself to honor the people who have served in his flock. He has to put on masks and he has to go into these funerals. He has to encourage the people without touching them. Mm-hmm. He has to he has to be concerned for his own or her own personal well-being. He has the load and the responsibility of the church. He has staff possibly that are looking to him or looking to her for their well-being. How are we going to survive? How are we going? Mm-hmm. He has the responsibility of taking care of the church. In the back of his mind, beyond all of this chaos, is the idea of how do we relaunch? Because now every church has to relaunch. And no church knows what it's going to look like. No church knows what it's going to look like. For many of these people that have transitioned in our ministry, these were pillars in our ministry. These people held down major roles in our ministry. These were some of our greatest contributors. You know, and so I would say to people, the world is bigger than you and your husband fighting at this time. Mm -hmm. And your pastor has more to deal with. And the way you can encourage him is simply send him a message, send him a text message. I have members right now that send me funny text messages all through the day. They just want to keep it light for me. I was Lisa and I was sitting in the bed the other night about 1130 and about seven of my sons and daughters from all different parts of the country, all of them in different states, got on a Zoom call, and they called just to make us laugh. Find out if your pastor has a cash app. Send him some money. Send him some money. The the love offer is not flowing now, but yet the workload is four times as much. Just be an encouragement. Be a be a load bearer in the life of your pastor in this season and let him or her know that you're praying for them. And don't bring right. don't bring drama or petty stuff to your pastor. Not in this season. Listen, I for those of you that are listening, I, I hope you heard it number one and I hope you took notes <laughs> number two, because you know, we can often uh, forget that our leaders and those that God has chosen to uh, oversee and and shepherd uh, and lead um, that they're human um, and um, the emotional uh, wear and tear, if you will, that anyone would bear during this time or just in life period that having to balance what's important to God and what's important to them, having to um, sometimes put aside their own emotions and what they have going on to minister to the needs of those that they're leading. Those are very real realities. And um, to hear from a leader what things can help encourage during that time is important. So it, it's not enough, I would venture to say, to just say, Pastor, I love you. Well, we appreciate the love. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it is also yeah. is also good to pray for um, and not just say I'm praying for you, but really do that, to, to call yeah, out your yeah. leader's name, um, to spend time in prayer for them, to, to love on them with in word and in deed, Paul says, with your words and with your actions, um, to send encouragement, to, to help financially. Um, because the requests of the leaders are great, but but pouring in also needs to be great as well. And so um, I hope that you heard that and uh, really took that to heart. 
and are going to apply that to your leader um, uh, as we go throughout this pandemic. Uh, Pastor Bishop, I want to ask you one last question. In in lieu of, you know, this, there have been many adjustments um, that pastors and leaders have had to make during this time um, with social media, with their service structure, um, just with you, uh, with staffing, with finances, et cetera. Are there any, uh, and I'm going to use the word fears very lightly, um, but are there any apprehensions, maybe a better word, um, about once this is over per se, and, and I think it's going to be a while before we see things sort of settle back to some type of normalcy. Uh, what does that look like? Um, do you are your do you have any apprehensions about people uh, wanting to come back for the fellowship? Do you have any apprehensions about um, you know people being so used to being at home that that that's their comfort and they don't want to come back to the church? Do you have any apprehensions at all um, once this subsides in a sense? No, I really I really do not. Um, I actually. Uh, view this as um, the evolution of ministry. Uh, for so long, That's good. we have, good. we have, yeah, I really do. For so long, my generation and the generations before me, <clears throat> we have uh, boxed ministry into the building. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, when you think about it, um, they're not really any major figures in my generation that actually took the gospel to the world. Most of my generation spent their time building mega churches in in communities, big churches in communities. And so the gospel, Mm -hmm. the focus of the gospel going to the world has not been on the minds of, of leaders for at least a generation. And I view this as the evolution of ministry because now everybody has to go to the uh, the international pulpit, which is social media, the internet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know that there will probably be some that will stay home. Um, and, you know, I mean, we can't control that. We have to we have right. to move with the cloud. And there's a grace and there's an anointing to, to do ministry in whatever season God allows you to do it in. And so while I do think that some will become comfortable at home. I also believe that when the doors open, we're going to probably see the greatest harvest of souls mm-hmm. that uh, the body of Christ has seen. So I think that, that uh, you're, you're going, I think the ministry ministries will grow um, in the cyber sense and ministries will go, grow in the physical sense. I think when we reopen the doors, we're going to have to go back to the basics because we're going to have a lot of babes in there. And at the same time, I think we're going to have to maintain a focus on our cyber approach to ministry because that's going to be as much your ministry base as, as the, the the group inside of the house. In fact, the group that is the digital church is going to be, in most cases, greater than uh, right, numerically, right. financially, and even maybe, maybe even impact-wise than the church on the inside the house. God is taking your message now, forcing your message to the world. I view this almost as I view uh, when they started um, uh, abusing the saints in Jerusalem for being mm-hmm, Christians mm-hmm. and drove them out into the othermost parts of the world because they had become comfortable. And I think this is going to serve to disturb our comfort zone and push us out 
into places that God always intended us to go anyway. That's so good. That's so good. So it, it sounds as if it's a necessity for leaders not to, what I'm hearing you say, that once this is over, quote unquote, that you can't lose um, the the digital or the e-church or the cyber church because, you know, at the end of this, there will be people who are um, being blessed and challenged and changed by what you've released during the pandemic. And, um, and connected. One, oh, and connected. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. There, that's so good. There it's are a people different, that are different connecting to voices. There are people that are connecting yeah. to your voice. And you that's cannot good. say, okay, our doors open. I'm done with you now. You can't do that. Right, right. God, is, right. God has expanded your ministry um, even beyond your, your, you know, your, your understanding of what was uh, best. God has mm-hmm. forced us into it. And so it's it's going to be a different uh, climate. It won't be the same church. You won't receive the same church. It won't be the same church. So you cannot yeah. be the same leader. That's good. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I hope you all heard that. <laughs> that is so good. It won't be the same church. So you cannot be the same leader. And, um, you know, you, we've got to be prayerful about uh, what that looks like and on and in on the responsibility of being a good steward uh, during this time and, um, that the Lord would strengthen our hands and, and give us wisdom, um, to lead and to support and encourage our leaders, uh, in the way that the Lord would have us to during this and when, and when it's, uh, and, and I keep saying over quote unquote, cause I, I think that it will take a while. And I think this has really shifted not only the church, but, uh, our world, um, it's, it's really shifted us into another, another place, another realm. Um, so Bishop, I appreciate you for your time and, uh, and I thank God for the strength that he's given you to, to pastor and to lead your people and not just your people that's a part of new home, but the people that are connected with you, as you said, um, you are a, a, a pillar in my life. And I, again, I honor you and I respect the voice of God in, in you. Um, and I know that, I know that I'm not the only one. Um, so I pray that the Lord strengthens you and that he encourages you and that he surrounds you um, with not only his spirit, but people who can uphold your arms as Aaron and Ur did for Moses during this time um, so that we can remain victorious. Um, I, I want for those of you that um, would love to connect with Bishop Blakes, um, uh, Bishop, if you could give your website and YouTube your information. Uh, what you have going on so that our listeners can connect with you. That would be great. My website is rcblakes at gmail. Um, I'm sorry. That's my email. <laughs> rcblakes.com. Girl, you ask me all these questions. I'm getting old. rcblakes.com. <laughs> rcblakes.com is my, is my website. My YouTube channel is rcblakes. And uh, you can find me on Facebook as well at rcblakes, uh, Jr. And uh, everything pretty much is, is R.C. Blakes. And, of course, you can email me at pastorrcblakes at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. Okay. Well, I do want for those, uh, we're talking about sending love seeds and some cash apps. So I would love for you to share yours um, so that those that are blessed by what you've shared can be a blessing to you. Uh, my cash app is R.C. Blakes Jr. R.C. Blakes Jr. 
that's young Amen. folk talking into cash app. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cash app, and I'm so <laughs> glad the young folk. <laughs> right. That's my only love offering source now. Thank God for my young people. <laughs> Thank God for cash app. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you so much. Listen, to all of you that are listening, uh, again, as I always say, I thank God for you being a faithful listener and partner with CDW Life Nuggets podcast. And and I bless the Lord for you being connected and thank God that he uh, encourages you. I appreciate all of the emails and your response as to how these podcasts are blessing you. And I appreciate you for sharing it with others that are connected with you um, so that they too can be encouraged and empowered. Uh, and blessed as well. So God bless you, and we will connect with you on our next podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the CDW Life Nuggets podcast. To get more information, or if you want to hear a repeat broadcast, download the Share D Weekly Ministries mobile app on the App Store and also available on Google Play. Or you can visit shareweekly.org. May God bless you and heaven smile richly upon you. This has been another CDW Life Nuggets podcast. Until we meet again, remember to manifest and maximize life.